Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Kristen Chavez, and I am delighted to be the guest host today to discuss the final season of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Thank you to Monica for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Um, for those of you turning in for the first time, the Temple of Geek has been around since 2012 and is hosted by a variety of people from the Temple of Geek team. Here we discuss and celebrate fandoms of all things geek. And to our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. We really appreciate you all being here. And I appreciate you all giving me a chance to, um, to hear me talk. Uh, with me today is special guest Abigail Dillon, who is a writer for 1138 and has written some brilliant pieces about Star Wars. When I read some of her articles and some of her tweet threads about this final season, I just knew that I had to talk to her about it. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, Abigail. Could you please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself, maybe how you got into Star Wars and the Clone Wars series? Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for that introduction. It, I, it's, it, it's really flattering. I really appreciate it. Um, I got into Star Wars because I, well, I grew up with it. Um, I was a 90s kid, but my parents uh, had the original trilogy on VHS. And so my older brothers and I, we would just, um, we would watch it all the time. Anytime my parents were out for like meetings in the community or were out for, uh, you know, a date night, my brothers and I would throw on one of the original trilogies uh, movies. And then later we, we were at the right age and especially I was at the right age for the prequel trilogy to just be a delight. Um, later kind of fell into the prequel sucks crowd, which I find unfortunate, but um, was able to, you know, get out of that. And with the Clone Wars in particular, since we grew up watching it, my brothers and I, you know, it was a tie to our childhood. Uh, Clone Wars came out when I was just at the end of high school and my brothers were both in college. So when they came back from uh, college for Christmas, uh, and the episodes were up on StarWars.com. We gathered a bunch of Legos, built a blanket fort, and just, you know, were kids again as we watched this new Star Wars um, in, in, as kids. It, it was a lot of fun. And so that was my first introduction. The first episode I remember watching is actually the um, Evil Plans episode where uh, R2 goes to a spa and Cad Bane kidnaps uh, C-3PO and we had fun with it like that it was it was the exact type of, of goof that we needed. Um, I didn't I kept up with it in bits and pieces over the course of the years uh, the Clone Wars um, I didn't really like go through and watch it all until it was out on Netflix um, and I wasn't, while I kept up with Star Wars, you know, watched the movies as they came out, I wasn't a huge fan until Rebels uh, and Twin Sons just flat out stole my heart. And uh, that's actually how I got to be a writer at 1138 is I just started writing on my own blog way too much about Twin Sons. <laughs> and that got me um, starting to think about other parts of Star Wars. So I started submitting guest posts to... Um, to 1138 and eventually they just um I bothered them enough that they invited me on staff <laughs> there um, not at all I'm sure bothering <laughs> is not what they would call it 
I don't, you haven't seen our Twitter discussions with each other. <laughs> um, and so that's, uh, no, the, I, I love the staff on there. They're fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, it was because uh, Twin Sons was so tied to the Clone Wars, I went back and just binged a lot of it in trying to kind of understand like all the layers that Twin Sons had. So that's essentially the central point for me in most of Star Wars is <laughs> Twin Sons. <laughs> so that's kind of a lot of where I've been looking at with this, this final these final episodes too of, hey, where does this all come to? So. That's awesome. And I think it's really interesting that you have had that. Um, I guess it's not, I guess it's probably more common um, in being able to like grow up with it and then revisit it for so many years because I got into Clone Wars a lot later. Um, it oh. had already been on Netflix at that point. And I guess similar to you, I always, like I grew up with Star Wars as well. I watched the old ones. And then of course, as I was like a kid and into a teen, like that's when the prequels came out. So that was mm -hmm. big. I also fall into the like prequel suck crowd and that of course like learning to look I maybe it was just cool to to hate on the prequels after a while but I think it was once I finally went back and watched the Clone Wars and Rebels that I was like it, it add it added to my appreciation of the prequels so much more um mm. And it was, it was actually Ahsoka, who's now my favorite character. Um, that was brilliant. She's, yeah, she's like kind of the one who um, got me interested in watching the Clone Wars because I think um, Rebels had already come out at that point. And I think they were teasing the Ahsoka Invader matchup. Oh. And, and I was like, oh man, like this is awesome. She's brilliant. So I kind of knew everything that happened to her after the fact um but i was like but i need to know what happens to her leading up to it like how did she get to that point how did she get you know kicked out of the jedi and everything and so um it, it was weird for me because i went backwards like in true star wars style yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to just go backwards into the beginning um while knowing how it ended so i thought it was i, I think it's really cool to hear um uh your take and looking at the, the ending of Clone Wars in, in a different way than I had. Because for me, Clone Wars had already ended twice, essentially. It, you had that um, yeah. Ahsoka arc, the, the wrong Jedi arc, like kind of mm -hmm. putting in an end on it. But then, or at least on the syndicated Cartoon Network run. Yep. And then the Netflix, the Netflix final season gave you another sort of ending. So it's almost, this is like almost its third finale. <laughs> it's it, third it, goodbye. It yeah, which is really interesting that I don't know that we've ever had a show do this before. Mm -hmm. Like we've we've had shows like especially in streaming, we've had like for example, um uh one one day at a time uh mm -hmm. dropped by Netflix, picked up by something uh different streaming service and I wish I could remember cuz I love that show. Yeah. Um but then I was also, also I was also thinking of Matt Lanter's other show, Timeless. It was canceled oh. once, brought back again, and then it was canceled again, and then brought <laughs> back for one two-hour finale. Yeah. So maybe it's just a Matt Lanter thing. <laughs> just, just him. Just if you want your um, <laughs> if you want your show to rise back up, just just stick Matt Lanter in it, and eventually it'll it'll find exactly. its conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So what was your reaction when you first heard that the show was coming back? I was, well, it was really interesting because I definitely was, Siege of Mandalore was something that I was 
always, ever since I heard that it was a thing, and I heard that it was a thing after I had gotten back in, you know, you know, big into uh, Twin Suns, and as a result, big into Star Wars as a whole. And so, like, that became, like, my most, like, dreamed of part of Star Wars to see is, like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we got a Siege of Mandalore movie? Wouldn't that be fantastic? You know, wouldn't that be great? And so as we're coming up on, you know, the panel of that uh, for the 10 year anniversary of, of the Clone Wars, uh, just kind of joking around online of like, man, you know, it'd be great to, you know, if, you know, maybe they could just announce that they're doing Siege of Mandalore. Maybe they would just announce that maybe, or maybe a comic adaptation or maybe a book adaptation or just maybe they'll announce that another of the arcs got adapted, like, you know, like Son of Dathomir and, um, and Dark Disciple. Mm -hmm. And so I was hopeful for something, expecting nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Then we got an entire season. Yeah. I was floored and delighted, and it's it was the most excited I have ever been about a Star Wars announcement. So that I I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> I was um I was at celebration when they showed the trailer for it and it was like it was such oh. an emotional experience. <laughs> I was like I was like, I never thought I would cry, like over like a panel and like I it was interesting having everyone else in that same boat um mm -hmm. but yeah and, and for me also this would be the first time of me like having a wait having to wait a week in between each episode I was like, yes this is <laughs> aggravating I hate this I don't like this I was able to binge it before yeah um yeah, so, um, yeah, very similar. <laughs> so what were some of the highlights of this season for you? Besides uh, Siege of Mandalore, I think that's, that's a whole other discussion we'll get into, I promise. <laughs> uh, I think, um, like, okay, when they released, because Bad Batch was one of the um, arcs that was released in story reel form when they thought yes. that it wasn't uh, coming back. Uh and so, like, I, I'd seen it before, and I I was, um, so I kind of knew the shape of what was, what was, it was going to be going into it, mm -hmm. uh, but they changed things. Like, they, and I think this kind of really points out about how much they've kind of grown as storytellers in between the end of the clone, the, the, the first two <laughs> finales mm -hmm. of the Clone Wars. Um, you know, through the course of Rebels to to, to this new season, because um, the shape is the same, but they were able to remake parts and change scenes and change how some information was uh, deployed um, between uh, the episodes, uh, so that it actually focused a little more on Rex as a character and like what Rex is going through with this possibility of, uh, Hey, one of my brothers who I thought was dead, he's back. He's back. And that, um, that was something that I wasn't expecting. And I, I really liked it. I really liked that it, they were able to even within the broad shape, staying the same tweak a, a little bit further. Um, I'm also a, 
big Halo fan, so there was like a lot of Halo vibes <laughs> with the Bad Batch Super Soldier situation um, that I appreciated. Um, then the Mar all of the Martez sister arc. Mm -hmm. um, I love Rafa and Trace so much. They hit such a good dynamic uh, with with Ahsoka. Um, and the, because the way that they bounced off of each other, um, they both were their own distinct enough individuals, distinct enough yes. people that you could watch the tug and, and the pull between them because they also had enough similarities that they got on each other's nerves. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it was, even though you couldn't say like, oh, Ahsoka's Kirk and like Rafa's Spock and like Trace's McCoy, like you, you can't line them up mm -hmm. like that. But that sort of dynamic where the characters spark between each other, it really felt like the original Star Trek to me. And I loved that. Um, Interesting. I never, yeah. I, I never thought of it in that way. Yeah. So that, that I, and just all of the, Trace was immediately endearing and then Rafa grew on me um, mm -hmm. really quickly. Uh, I especially loved the, the dock fight. Like that was some quality fisticuffs between them and the, <laughs> uh, the Trandoshans and the Ben Quadranero uh, <laughs> yeah. species. I don't remember their names. <laughs> but better than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that's great I, I love how you brought up with um the bad ba bad batch in particular that we kind of were already teased about this early on like we had you know they already had this planned in some way in shape or form and I thought it was interesting like I saw those story uh, you know those story reels as well but I like you I, I liked that they took a bit of a different turn with it that um I think it helped emphasize Rex Rex and his his importance more, um, mm. and and with Jesse too because yes. Um, although I will confess, one. when I first watched that episode, I was like, "Wait, when did Jesse die?" <laughs> so <laughs> I can be terror. I can be a terrible fan sometimes. I'm like, I forgot that. But in my defense, <laughs> I probably binged it all too quickly. So, um, but I think I just, especially when you think about the themes going into like the order 66 too it mm -hmm. really emphasized like the individuality of each of these clones yes. um so i think that was that was really special and really significant i felt um and I, mm -hmm. I love i love what you mentioned about the martez sisters too because they were very distinct but still very authentic and real yes um, i think i also liked seeing like ahsoka's tension she's my favorite character i can't help it yeah. like she is everything <laughs> she does is gonna be my favorite thing um but her having to hide her Jedi abilities as well. And so like yes. kind of hinting that it's like, this is, it's a new reality she has to face. And it's of course only going to get worse as, as you know, as you know, yes. what's going to go <laughs> come next. Um, Cause for me, there were some moments that felt a little bit slow in the Martez and a bit in the bad batch, but I think it's more of the group gets captured and then they get captured again, but like that's a Star Wars thing that I feel like it happens. <laughs> it's 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 part of the it's part of the thing. But um, I, I think it's yeah. also 
I think it means I need to go back and rewatch this season from the start again because I think I was also getting very anxious about like the Siege of Mandalore. I was like, but I won't, when yeah. is that coming? I want that next. <laughs> when is that coming? When is that coming? <laughs> when is it coming? Like we've been yeah. hinted about that as well in like the Ahsoka novel. So it's yeah. like, how is that going to take shape? How is that going to change? What's going to happen? Like we know you know, obviously we know going into it that Rex and Ahsoka and Maul are going to survive, but what's, you know, what's, the what's cost? really going to happen? Yeah. Yes, yeah. the cost. That's, that's the best way of putting it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I do want to hop on just like Ahsoka hiding her powers. Mm-hmm. Loved that as well. It was very, it was very Clark Kent um, yeah. of her. Like, like very much a Clark Kent Superman. Like, you know, Clark Kent doesn't have time to change into a Superman gear, but by gum, okay, fine. Let me catch this bullet and pretend I fainted out of fear or something. Like it, it was, yeah. uh, <laughs> it was very much in that vein. And and as someone who also really adores like Superman, um, that was that was a delight to kind of see Ahsoka, Ahsoka's like reaction of trying to find her life outside of the Jedi feeling very much like a Clark Kent um, navigation. No. Oh, I love that analogy. Because <laughs> um, I also, I love, I love superhero shows. And I think some mm-hmm. of my favorite things is when you see them, um, you know, when they're not in the super suit and they're yeah. just like, how do I navigate my regular day-to-day life? But how do I, you know, how can I use my powers to still help people? Because um, yeah. who they are to their core is still helping people. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think, and like, that's very much Ahsoka and very much Rex. Um, yes, and I think absolutely. like central to the season, and we kind of talked a little bit about this before you came on, um, was just the, the friendship between Ahsoka and Rex and like how yes. much that came about, especially in the final one. Um, oh so what were gosh. some of your takeaways? Like, it, it sounds like you're already itching to talk about it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Uh, it was okay. I am a, I am always a sucker for friendships, like and, and platonic relationships in fiction. It's Same. it is my weakness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you 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 give me two people who are ride or die for their friends, or multiple people who are ride or die for their friends. Mm-hmm. I am on board, and it was like thinking back over the, like the various episodes, like one uh one of the previous season points that really stood out to me when I like rewatched the entire Clone Wars to kind of get excited for season seven well I already was excited just to you know maximize the emotional impact of season seven for sure um was the uh landing at point rain episode when they're all you know they're trying to land on Geonosis you've got Kieti Mundi's uh Obi-Wan's and uh Anakin's battle group all trying to like get to the same location Mm-hmm. And there's a point that Ahsoka and Anakin are trying to get over this wall and they get, and, you know, trying to take out the wall so that their troops can get through. And there's a point where they're pinned by, you know, a pair of destroyer droids and they can't get through. And you see Rex out of nowhere, just kind of slip up behind them and like, you know, slowly put his gun through, uh, through the shield and take out a destroyer, you know, basically saving the two of them. Mm-hmm. And like that moment, like in the rewatch was like, oh, he's got their backs. He's mm-hmm. got their backs and they've got his back. And, and just like, even though it was something that, you know, you knew from the course of watching the show, it was like those small moments, even if they weren't like a big 
um, episode about how, um, you know, Rex and Anakin and Ahsoka are always there for each other. Like, there's no big episode like that up until, you know, Siege of Mandalore, but it's always there. It's just this mm-hmm. constant um, example of them having each other's backs. And so when it came to, like, that single, that, that really big moment of um, Ahsoka trying to find the chip and the whole I'm one with the Force and the Force is with me moment, it was... Killed me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Killed me in the best way possible. <laughs> it was, oh, it was amazing. Oh, okay, my, my heart is hurting already at this. Oh, but it was just, like, the weight of all the seasons of all the little tiny moments that they had each other's backs. And then all the little moments also in Siege of Mandalore of um, every time that Ahsoka faces Maul in, in the episode previous to it in The Phantom Apprentice, Rex is always there in some way, shape, or form. He's always having her back. And it, a big deal isn't made of it, but he's always there. And so for that to lead into you know, this moment of Ahsoka trying to find Rex through the chip, it, it just piled on everything that had just been slowly built up over the course of these, these many years. It was, yeah, it was, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I mean, you said that brilliantly. <laughs> um, because and that was one of my favorite moments as well as well as when they're on the ship and she takes his helmet off as he's like just oh. crying like that that God. broke me <laughs> that broke my heart into many oh, little pieces um but i think it just showed like like how how much they also just get each other in that situation mm-hmm. their discussion about you know well without the war like i wouldn't even i wouldn't exist without the war ahsoka yeah. wouldn't have been anakin's padawan probably you know wouldn't mm-hmm. have had these experiences wouldn't have had that, that those moments to sort of like doubt the jet or at least see some of the failings of the jedi see some of the limits yeah. of them like which would have let her you know which let her survive uh, yeah. overall and i think like like the whole point of the show like in general i think was while obviously the war is terrible and it it's you know spelled the doom for the jedi and the clones everyone mm-hmm. um it was also it had to be the jedi that had to lead the clones because i i feel like throughout the show you see all the jedi leadership for the most part anakin we know because very close with Rex and his mm-hmm. you know we know they became close but I think it was even Shock T that was like no like like please take off your helmets I want to see your faces and one of the clones said like but we all have the same face and it's like no but you're all individuals like I think the Jedi were the ones that recognized the individuality recognized the humanity of each one that of course made Order 66 hurt even more. But when yeah. it comes down to someone like Anakin and Ahsoka, who kind of shirk those Jedi <laughs> um, qualities of, you know, not having yeah. attachments, um, I, I think that of course it's even, you know, more significant that they had such a bond with Rex in particular. Like even Anakin yeah. is trusting Rex in the Bad Back arc to yep. watch his back as he skypes and and zooms <laughs> with with padme which is a big no-no as we're yeah. aware um but he trusts rex to you know his literally like most intimate secrets yep um and i think it also just rex and ahsoka's bond really made me 
I had to go back and rewatch their reunion in Rebels because I think it just had an even bigger impact. We don't know how long that they're separated for, right? Mm -hmm. But it's still the whole, like, we're back in another war, but also I need his back. He needs my, you know, we get each other. Like, we get that, like, we don't really have a choice, but we are making this conscious choice to to fight again and to to help again. So, And, and yeah. this time it's a war that they get to choose. Like I think yes. in the the Rebels finale when when Gregor oh God, I miss oh, Gregor. Gregor. Um <laughs> like like he, he he says something to that extent, um yes. to, to Rex of like, hey, we got to choose it this time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the clones didn't um like I agree that the Jedi uh definitely well, for the most part, people like Pong Krell exist. Um, yes. But for the most yeah. part, but for the most part, the Jedi tried to acknowledge the uh, sentience uh, mm-hmm. of the clones, um, acknowledge them as people and as individuals. But it was still one big war crime. <laughs> the yes. clone army was one big war crime. Um, uh, but also, Ahsoka didn't have a choice. Like mm-hmm. she was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she was a child soldier too, and so the fact that their reunion in Rebels, they're coming back together to to fight against the Empire. This is something that they now get to choose for themselves, but also they're fighting against uh, the the people, or rather the person Sidious, who forced them into it in the yeah. first place. Like they they're it's them fighting back from what was taken from them, not just in order 66, but in being forced to be soldiers when they're really kids. Like I know Rex with accelerated aging Rex's, you know, age is wonky and you can use sci-fi jargon to determine like how old is he technically, but yeah. In terms of years lived, he's like 13 or something by the end of the Clone Wars. And it's all war. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the fact that they get to choose it. So, yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you on the Rebels. <laughs> yeah. No, like, it, it gives them that chance to kind of reclaim their agency, especially, like, with, you know, Rex and and Wolf mm-hmm. and, and Gregor, who oh, have gosh. completely lost their control. Like, they, yeah. you know... They had to murder their their friend, their allies, um, and that I, I think, and and that moment of Ahsoka just telling Rex that she's like, they may be willing to die to kill me, but I'm not going to be the one that kills them. Like, and of course, yeah. like she could, they couldn't save anybody, but yeah. just the fact that she's like, I'm not, and it, it kills Rex to even say that, and you know that, yeah. that's, oh. <laughs> but it's like it's. I think that just kind of showed so much about her and their bond and, mm-hmm. and Rex too, that it, it, because it was such a hard thing for him to say that it's like, they don't deserve this. They don't deserve no. to die, but they did deserve a proper burial as much as they could. Um, oh my gosh, I think yeah. that final silent scene was just so moving and so perfect that there's no, there's very little sound at all. Um, but it's that they took the moment to individually bury as many as that they could, because, you know, Mm -hmm. there probably weren't many bodies left, unfortunately. Um, but just giving that them that moment of peace, because, you know, that's never going to happen, you know, like the Jedi, the Jedi 
likely weren't buried <laughs> or yeah. there's no ceremony for them. There is no mourning for them. Mm-hmm. But if Rex and Ahsoka could take that moment for themselves, that would be, you know, that's as much as they could do. Um, yes. And I think that was like such a poignant and, and beautiful somber moment um, that also Absolutely. killed me. Like I was, I was crying. Um, oh, yeah. It was good. <laughs> Um, so hopefully let me pivot just a little bit because we can't really talk about the siege. We can't talk about the siege of Mandalore and all of these feelings without talking about Maul. And I feel like you're just, you're itching to talk about him. So hopefully in this pivot. My beloved gremlin. Oh, this gremlin. I love him and I hate him so much. (laughs) Who doesn't? I, well, I think for me, like I didn't necessarily, I mean, Maul was like a cool, like antagonist in the first Mm -hmm. film but it wasn't until clone wars and rebels that i was like oh he's got like such an interesting depth to his character i credit sam woodward some with his performance as well but just yeah i can i can barely put it into words (laughs) (laughs) that he becomes one of those characters that you're just like you're really fascinated by that you're like Mm -hmm. you kind of it's not that you love to hate him but it's like his his worldview and is terrible yes but it's very <laughs> interesting it's just like very interesting that you still understand his his mind like i remember his one his one quote in the siege of mandalore where he says um justice is only a tool for those in power and people were like but he's right <laughs> like <laughs> like when did he become a political science major and it's like he's got a point though i was even talking about that with my dad that it's like i think that's what makes him a very interesting character that he'll he'll say something that does strike true but it's like you still have to dismantle that and be like okay yeah. but where is he coming from and like you know do the whole yes but <laughs> yeah, counters exactly. to him um, so what were some of your takeaways and, and your thoughts about Maul's journey in this, in this final arc? Uh, well, I, w- I was actually surprised at, uh, well, okay, let, I, I should go back and say I was surprised by the Celebration 2019 panel. <laughs> okay. Um, because going into, into the Siege of Mandalore, I was expecting Maul to kind of go move back into more of a Phantom Menace role where he is there as the antagonist and it's going to be ahsoka and rex in the forefront and up you know and it's going to be their story and it was it was it was um ahsoka and rex's uh story and i was expecting maul to be more like the background antagonist that's going to be causing havoc for them um and i was even though i i loved maul i was i was okay with that i was ready to be like yep maul's just there to be angry and um fighting and he's not going to have much of emotional development but that's okay because we have the clone wars we've got twin sons mm-hmm. um it it's fine this is rex and ahsoka's time to shine and then sam whitwer said at the celebration is like yeah maul tries some new things that he doesn't uh he doesn't really know how to do i'm like wait what <laughs> <laughs> what mind blown <laughs> and so i'm like oh, hang on so maul is so Maul kind of starts getting, like, it's still Ahsoka and Rex's story, but Maul gets sort of equal footing with them, almost equal footing with them to be like, no, this is his story as well. Like, it's, uh, and people have, you know, posted online about like, hey, to a certain extent, Maul is a viewpoint character in, um, the, in specifically in The Phantom Apprentice because he knows what's going down and mm-hmm. we know what's going down and it's everybody else 
who doesn't know what's going down. Yeah. And so we're like, we, we go back to the, oh, he's got a point, not just because of political science, but also because <laughs> we've all seen Revenge coming. of the Sith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all see. We, he knows who not to trust. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, Ahsoka, I love that you're defending Anakin, but also, uh-oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe oh. you should call him, like, right now. <laughs> just, just, just kind of, you know, stick out a finger, like, to, you know, to Maul to be like, hold, please. And, you know, turn on your comm and get a hold of Anakin. Just, please. Yeah. <laughs> just, um, and so, for that, that was something that was, like, we've seen Maul make offers to light side users. Technic release order before uh mm-hmm. chronologically later <laughs> with, yeah. with, you know with, um with ezra um but the thing is is with ezra that was on maul's part that was like very much more of just a personal thing of crap i miss my brother and mm-hmm. uh this padawan is very empathetic uh i'm going to take this padawan now um when the pad and despite the Padawan saying no over and over again, so mm-hmm. Maul back off. But so like what I found interesting with Ahsoka and the fact that he also was trying to get Kenobi to basically have this same conversation mm-hmm. with Kenobi possibly um, is that he was he was looking to legitimately team up out of not just out of like a personal need. Um, but also because there's this thing that's about to go down and I would like to stop it. Um, So that was a very interesting take, but I also found it um, like there's still that personal element with it because Anakin Skywalker is still replacing Maul. And so when, and so even though, you know, Maul can claim like, Hey, I'm trying to save the galaxy. Oh, it's definitely still trying to get dad's attention back. It's it's still it's, a very personal, <laughs> still out for revenge sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's that's his main driver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, like, okay, I'm not saving the galaxy. I'm just kind of like what Ahsoka says to him later. Like, I'm not rooting for you. He's like, oh, I'm not yeah. rooting for Palpatine. Like, I'm not rooting for the rebellion. Like, I just yeah. want Palpatine <laughs> dead. Like, I, I don't care how that comes about yeah (laughs) but yeah so I think yeah and I I think giving offering that choice to people is very that was unexpected for me like Mm -hmm. him offering his hand to Ahsoka it's like well obviously we know that's not gonna work out anyway (laughs) but um the fact that she said yes yeah the fact that she said yes before before hearing about the Anakin thing like I love that her belief in Anakin Mm -hmm. Uh, even though, like, like, and I, okay, I, I don't like comparing Maul to Kylo Ren, but okay, I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> with the, the thing with Rey in The Last Jedi is that her reaching out to Kylo Ren to try to see if he's going to do the dramatic return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. you know, return to the light. Um, I think she was, I think Rey was unwise um and driven by hope but i don't think she ever made a morally wrong decision she Mm -hmm. was trying to see the good in someone and that someone turned around and burned her Mm -hmm. badly and i think i see the same thing actually i'm not comparing 
Maul to Kylo Ren. I'm comparing Anakin to Kylo Ren. Um, <laughs> with um, with I, this, you know what? And I think <laughs> Kylo Ren would adore that. So <laughs> <laughs> he would, wouldn't he? Um, with, with with Ahsoka turning down Maul because of what he says about Anakin was the morally right choice. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like, I don't think Ahsoka made a morally wrong choice, but she did make an unwise one. And like, again, like, you know, Maul is, Maul's not a trustworthy person. So, you know, it's not necessarily that saying yes and going all in with Maul was the answer either, but completely shutting down what he had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so yeah it it was it was a weird situation where i think sam whitworth said this in an interview is like there is an argument for ahsoka taking that hand Mm -hmm. um to just hear him out yeah 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 which which now makes me think if he wanted obi-wan there what made him think obi-wan would even consider hearing him out Um, but I think that shows like his arrogance as well. When oh my god! Like, so much. When he's like Ahsoka, you have Obi Wan's arrogance or Kenobi's arrogance, and I was like Kenobi. <laughs> I was like, I mean, yeah, he's arrogant. But have you met? <laughs> have you met Ahsoka? Have you met yourself, sir? Oh my god! Um, Maul has almost no like. There is a few. <laughs> there are very few situations where Maul has self awareness, and none of them. <laughs> ever happen in the same breath as talking about obi-wan kenobi none of them do <laughs> that is accurate <laughs> self-projection territory all the way yes oh, it's, it's amazing I'm, I'm glad you were able to talk about mall yeah. <laughs> um, we had some great insights that i, I think Thanks. i hadn't quite considered um okay so i think we'll, we'll wrap this out we're not quite wrapping this up we still have a, okay. a little bit ways to go but yeah. um one thing that it was actually one thing that I think kind of introduced me to you in the sense of some of your writing, uh, just noticing how much that these last four episodes, this last arc in particular, felt like a standalone movie, which is mm-hmm. an appropriate bookend to how the series began with the yeah. movie that was kind of four stitched together. And you see a lot of parallels, like with Anakin and Obi-Wan standoff in the beginning. Like, I think mm-hmm. that was pretty much how the Clone Wars movie had started. <laughs> And it's just like, I think there are so many moments of these last four that felt very cinematic to me. Of course, the Mm -hmm. using motion capture for Maul and Ahsoka was fantastic. But now I think this is my favorite uh, Jedi duel. (laughs) So good. Because it was Ahsoka and Vader at first. And now I'm like, I think it's Ahsoka and Maul is my favorite (laughs) lightsaber battle. And then even just the music was in such top form. Like Kevin Kiner has always done a brilliant job with this series, but there were just other moments that I was like, do you have a larger orchestra or, or something? Like I couldn't necessarily put my finger on it. I'm hoping the soundtrack show might uh, dive into it at some point for me, but I felt like the, I heard the force theme more often, like which Mm. is very much tied to the films in particular. And I Mm. don't recall hearing it as frequently in Clone Wars before. And I think that really helped emphasize and, and ramp this up. But yeah. so did you have An- any thoughts about this, about this concept? Well, a- animation definitely like in the Star Wars animation uses the force theme so sparingly mm-hmm. that, um, that yeah, it, it really pops when it is used. Like for example, when it was used at the end of twin sons again, yes. um, like it, it was, it was a, I felt it kind of as a physical blow of like, oh, that's that that's the Star Wars sound. Mm-hmm. 
and then like with uh, with John Williams fanfare coming over the Clone Wars, the the first the first episodes, um, you know, Clone Wars logo fading into the background. That was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is this is big. This is a yeah. a big event. Um, so with the music, yeah, it was it was fantastic. He he always brings his A game, but I. So he, I don't know how he brought more than that this time, but he did. <laughs> he brought the whole alphabet with him. <laughs> I don't know if that analogy worked, but whatever. I, it's a I think now. it's great, yes. Okay, he brought cool. the whole alphabet with him. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, I'm going to start you. With it as a standalone movie, yeah, there was a bit that I was starting to think of like, with the first episode in particular of having introducing Anakin and Obi-Wan and their kind of battle on the, on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that whole situation, I started wondering like, okay, well, how is that, if this is supposed to be a movie, because it's been said by folks multiple times that, Oh yeah, it's, we're releasing it as a TV episode, but it also works as a movie. Part of my brain was kind of thinking, okay, the original Clone Wars cartoon, 2008, which I do love very much, but you can definitely feel this was a this was a few episodes just cut together because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's a few threads that get uh, picked that get start like partway through the movie to finish it off. Um, like for example, with Padme, um, mm-hmm. Padme's arc in the 2008 movie, it just was kind of like, oh, oh, suddenly Padme's here. Um, which works for a TV show, but it felt a little odd in a movie. Um, and then there are other things that are kind of brought up, like Obi-Wan's kind of subplot of, you know, of being their backup. Oh, Obi-Wan kind of drops off partway through. Um, and so I was kind of thinking like, okay, well, as, as episodic, is this going to tie, is like specifically Anakin and Obi-Wan and having them have this little fun uh action scene on the bridge is that going to tie back into anything um not just into the clone wars but in the movie is it going to pay off as a setup for a movie and it did Mm -hmm. like not only do we like of course anakin's decision even though it's off screen affects every part of this Mm -hmm. um and obi-wan is uh one of ahsoka's contacts throughout um throughout the rest of the the series but also just the 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 whole standoff situation um, with uh, the fake surrender, the fake out surrender, a droid on the side, providing backup, um, stalling until you know a certain event can happen. It's that is replayed out with Ahsoka and Rex fake surrendering mm-hmm. at the in the final episode. And the droids on the side are trying to, you know, get the, the lifts mm-hmm. in the docking bay to go down. So I was really impressed. Like, and I could start seeing, like, rewatching things got set up and paid off across episodes that they were able to be both, be- both episodic. Like, each episode has their own, like, episode one, find Maul. Episode two, capture Maul. Episode three you know, save Rex, um, mm-hmm. episode four, escape. Um, and so they all have, they work episodically, but they also work as a cohesive whole. And I was really impressed by how they pulled that off. Yeah, no. And I, I and I think that was important too, that it is like each one is complete on its own. Mm-hmm. 
it's not. And I think that's also the strength, you know, that's the strength of the writing and writing in four parts, but also a four part mm-hmm. film in a way. Yeah. Um, and I think like, I mean, I, it just, I, it just occurred to me too, that like in being on Disney plus too, they're not necessarily writing for commercial breaks. And oh. so that, you know, and I think, cause you have to write in like the five acts for um, commercial oh. breaks when they're getting syndicated. But then I'm like, but like that kind of helped them be a little bit more seamless per per episode oh my gosh um, you're right yeah so I think it's, <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting too and yeah I, I, I'm just I'm also hoping that once um you know hopefully this pandemic ends sooner than later and yeah. we're able to like gather and we're able to like go to films and everything I really hope that this does get released in some fathom event or movie theater event where we can see all of them in one go um on a big screen because I'm ready to hop in my car and drive to watch it with some of my best friends and like watch it with my dad and just have that moment to experience it all together. Oh my Um, gosh. Yes. I'm dying for that. Um, And I think one thing that I noticed that when I started that first episode um, with with part one, Mm -hmm. I was like, I had that instant moment of like, wait, did I click on the right thing? Is this wrong? Because I just see the Lucasfilm production. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? Hold up. Like, y- you've changed it. Yeah. <laughs> you've changed it. And one thing that I was like, this is the first time we haven't had any of those Jedi words of wisdom before each episode. Um, and I think oh. it, it worked for this when you think about it. It's like, because oh. it's, it's so different. But it's like, I didn't realize that I was missing it until the second one came around. And I was like... Wait a second. This is this is not gone. So, yeah. um, why do you do you have any thoughts about why you think that might be, or if you could write one of those messages for this last arc, what what would it be? Oh man, dang! <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> just screaming, like it would just be screaming. <laughs> um, like or the or crying maybe emoji, I'm, crying emoji, or um or with a they. When the when the story reels were released for the Bad Batch and the Utapau arc, one of the little Jedi wisdom nuggets on the Utapau arc, I think they were getting a little silly by the time, like they, <laughs> when they released this, because one of them is um, one of the little Jedi fortune uh, uh, fortune little nuggets of wisdom at the start of a new of the one of the Utapau arc reels was if if at first you don't succeed, blow it up. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and I feel like that's Anakin's motto. That's Anakin's motto. And also I feel like that would be very much what Maul decides to do <laughs> in the final episode of like they're not yeah. letting me aboard a shuttle. I really don't want to go back to Coruscant. I do not want to see my master again. I'm blowing it up. <laughs> you, do you, all right, I need to cause a distraction. I know. Let me destroy this entire ship. <laughs> Uh, I like it. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, Ahsoka. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, she she asked more than she bargained for. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love it. I feel like mine would be like, I, I feel like it would be something along the lines of like not taking your own choices for granted or like take help when you need it. Oh. Um, or like being able to like, you know, like forge your own path. Like something about oh. being able to forge your own path with the choices laid out in front of you. But, like, that's very inarticulate, and I'm sure that the actual writer's team would come up with something better in, like, ten words. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting that that was – it wasn't part of these last episodes. It it was. It also kind of felt a little fitting, which I like – 
I, I, I like that idea of what, what you have about forging your own path. I think that works brilliantly for, uh, wow, uh, Rex, Ahsoka, and Maul of yeah. trying to, to forge their own path. So I, I definitely think like that would have worked as one of them. I think that would have been, I think it would ha- have had some of us crying to see that one yeah. up there. I also feel like it's appropriate that we don't have those Jedi words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. at the front um, because one, it, it's not just the end of the Clone Wars, it's the end of the war. And yeah. at this point, if we look over the course of the war, if we look at where the Jedi have come and um, what they've been doing uh, and kind of how, and we can like watch the way that they treat the people caught in the middle of the war alter mm-hmm. over the course of the the, the course of the show and you know Rafa in in the previous arc brings up about hey I was just told to make good choices and then I was left mm-hmm. as you know I, I, me and my baby sister we were left mm-hmm. uh, Trace wasn't a baby but you know little sister yeah and and so like I I'm on the Jedi's side like I like the Jedi but at the same time, at this point in the war, they have severely lost their way. They have been playing Palpatine's game for so long that it's altered what's important to them. And we see this in, like, in, for example, the Dark Dis- in Dark Disciple, where they decide to try to assassinate Dooku. And it's actually Ventress and Ventress's um, choices that make... Obi-Wan kind of snap out of him and be like, hey, Jedi Council, we made a bad decision. We went down. We, we chose to you go the dark side. And mm-hmm. like you continually see these choices also with the abandonment of Ahsoka. Um, and so it's a lot. It's, it's, um, so it kind of feels fitting that there's no more words of wisdom that the Jedi have left. Wow. To, 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 to give the galaxy because they, they, they've lost their way. The Clone Wars like turned them off of their path of what they should have been. Yeah. Like it, it makes me think of what Yoda said in that other finale. Essentially. And it's just <laughs> that, that like, I don't think anyone really wins a war. Like it doesn't like, mm-hmm. like we're not going to win this war. I recognize that this is, this is something that, you know, we probably shouldn't have gotten involved with, but also we couldn't not try to help, you know? Um, and I think what you just said was, was brilliant and very, oh, very telling. Thanks. Um, no, thank you for this. This, this has been such a great discussion about, about this series. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I don't know. Just, I, it's still, I don't think it still fully hit me that the Clone Wars is over. Mm-hmm. Like, we got a fabulous ending, and I think part of me is still, like, not realizing that we've gotten the story now. Yeah. That we've, we've, we've gotten it. I think, I think when it does hit, I think I'm going to be sobbing. <laughs> like, in a good, in a good way. Not, not just because, like, I'm A very it, cathartic because, sob. Yeah. It, we got it. It's here. Yeah. We had our story. It was told. And so. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Um, 
Thank you. Thank you so much for, for talking about this with me because this has yeah. been, it's been a great discussion, a great interview, and Thanks I hope it's been enlightening for you as well. It, oh, it has. It, it has. It's been great. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Thank you. So this is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek. We just want to thank everyone who has t- tuned in today and especially to our guest, Abigail, for being with us um, today. If you have any questions or comments, please hit us up on Facebook or Twitter by using the handle Temple of Geek. If you want to check out some other episodes or shows, head on over to templeofgeek.com where you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you all so much. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash templeofgeek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com, your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.